Dog Crazy Bubba, this is the S3 Magazine Podcast. You folks better sit back, relax, and just prop your feet up, grab you a good cold one, because it's about to be a barn burner, son. That's way better than any intro you've ever done for us. I'm afraid so. All right. Well, um... What four out of five of us are the dudes from S3 Magazine, and uh, and the other dude right here that's laughing is uh, Brad, aka Bubba, aka Jeep and Bubba. Um, feel totally free to call him Bubba because that's kind of what you like to go by. Uh, he is is kind of an experienced longtime Jeeper. We'll get into all that. He uh, just opened a shop. I guess technically the the, the brand has been around uh, Black Bear Off Road. But the shop is new, so we're going to talk a little bit about opening a shop in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, actually, <laughs> hell, let's just start with that, right? So the whole world shuts down, and Bubba buys a shop. Yeah, it's called capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I capitalized on the fact that the, my landlord couldn't find a renter, and I was able to negotiate what I needed to open a shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, right? that's awesome, right? Yeah. You gotta, I mean, you got to bleed the dream. So when yeah. everybody goes safe, you get stupid and roll the <laughs> dice and, and, right. and go for it, man. I mean, oh. the worst case scenario, I go broke and I'm back to working on Jeeps in my garage. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So Black Bear Off-Road. Mm-hmm. First of all, where did the name come from? Uh... So I was thinking of like SEO kind of uh, names. So like Rubicon Express or um, Moab Outfitters. People think of like trails, you know, typically when you're thinking of like maybe off-road or Jeep parts. So no one's ever named anything after Black Bear Pass, which is an awesome, phenomenal trail in Colorado. Uh, I Googled. There was like two blips about Black Bear Pass and then like – Learn more about black bears. Learn so I was like, man, I like that. Plus, it's like one of our native animals here in Georgia. I relate with them. They just eat, sleep, crap, hang out in the woods. <laughs> That's me. So I'm like, black bear off road. It's generic enough. You know, I thought about Bubba's garage, but I felt like it might be regional. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, anything with Georgia in it is getting too regional. I, you know, I plan on being. I'm going to buy four-wheel parts in the next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to say, so, like, what is the dream? And when I say that, I already kind of know because we've talked about it on Jeep rides before. But, like, explain kind of, like, what you would like Black Bear to be, you know, ultimately with kind of the whatever, the camping meets, you know, yeah. jeeping and trail riding and stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm inspired by the Richard Rollins and the Chip Fooses. Like, not that I want a TV show, but like the people you would go to to take something and and take it to the next level. Of course, you can't just you start off by selling the 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 kind of bark and stuff. You know, the uh, disconnects, the quick lift kits, the wheels and tires, or whatever. But the ultimate dream would be, you know, buy brand new or old jeeps buy vehicles build them the way i want and then sell them um outfitted the way i like personally um but basically what we've done is we want to mash up bass pro shop rei 
and then like four wheel parts or you know rugged ridge and like shove them together and blend them and then you got black brow road so yeah. knives camping gear lift kits and like one-off builds thrown in you know Oh, if somehow we could have our own coffee and beer and whiskey, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> hey, man, that is possible. Yeah. Uh, um, like, okay, so you came from what? Originally a, a Miata, right? So you kind of messed with little rice burner cars. and I was a, a mini trucker first, like S10 oh, and then a Nissan 720. Yeah. And, and then... I got a Miata. I traded uh, a, a Jeep actually for a Miata, uh, and that was it. That's but my favorite of the imports that I've owned for sure. So how did how did you end up getting like hooked on on Jeep stuff? Uh, just actually by kind of by chance. I I owned so one of my Nissan 720. I blew the motor in it for like the second time. Uh, I, the only thing I could afford was a Cherokee from a buddy Kyle, 800 bucks. I uh, got it in it and just loved it. But uh, I had a friend of mine who was getting picked on at school because he drove a Miata. So I was like, you know what, dude, I'll trade you this Jeep. Nobody's going to pick on you in a Jeep. Got the Miata. <laughs> and then after like after like two years of getting picked on myself, I got another Jeep. <laughs> That's but I don't, hilarious. It fits my lifestyle. Like I want to be fishing and hunting and taking my family out and backpacking and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So it's like the perfect vehicle to get out there. That's right. So like, what do you, <clears throat> I mean, obviously the whole off-road thing, especially when you call it overland, but the whole off-road scene is really taken off within the import scene all of a sudden everybody that has turbo four bangers wants a tacoma yeah. or a jeep or something like that to kind of play with something that's polar opposite of you know everything they've been dealing with which is always slammed and and stuff like that so like what what the hell do you think that is that this phenomenon that all of a sudden like all the tuners <laughs> are wanting to go you know go play off road well, the big thing is four doors. Like, that was the game changer in 2007 when they made the Unlimited and four doors. Now they can haul the kids. The wife's not griping about them putting money into it. Um, it can be the wife's daily, and then they get to use it on the weekends kind of situation. Plus, Jeeps made it so customizable. Like, yeah, there's so many aftermarket companies just based around Jeep itself. So, I mean, it's kind of the Honda Civic or the Mustang. Um, of aftermarket selection there's just unlimited amount of options you know i think that's one of the coolest things coming from you know an import modified area it's cool to get into like a whole new world but something you're familiar with like modifying cars but in a whole different like section i think that's it's kind of like starting over fresh well and for you guys listening you might not know this if you're like hardcore in the tuner world but like the jeep is the most modified vehicle on the planet yeah. Um, I wish I had numbers on that, but I, you know, like we were talking to Rugged Ridge once and I can't remember the numbers, so I'm not going to try and guess, but they were saying the amount of Jeeps that are sold and then modified is, is astounding. <laughs> like, like they are sure. all messed with in some way, even if it's just corny little trinkets all the way down to, you know, axle swaps and everything else. Um, if you went to SEMA in the last three years, that's all it was. It's yeah. Jeeps. Just yeah. period. Well, and you know what bothered me? All right, so, like, I got, I was going to Hawaii a lot. We rented a Jeep, 
you know, and and it clicked, man. And I just fell in love. And this was, you know, shoot, seven or eight years ago now. And I fell in love and I was kind of, I got home and I was like, <clears throat> man, I really want one. And then I kind of would talk myself out of it. Well, Hawaii, Atlanta is not <laughs> Hawaii. You know, like in Georgia, if you live anywhere near Atlanta, you got to drive a lot of distance. And maybe I don't, you know, the dream is better than actually owning it. And I put it off for like two years, even though I was always looking at Jeeps, you know, it would kind of surface and I get real hot and then I wouldn't do it. And and probably like a lot of import guys, I kept I kept going to Toyota. I kept going to Tacomas. I kept going to FJ Cruisers and stuff because that felt like it would fit my vibe or my style. But, um, you know, the more I kind of looked at the roots of what Jeeps are, I was like, dude, like a Jeep is totally my style. This thing is you can modify it without even modifying it just by going outside and pulling doors off and taking yeah. the top down or halfway down or putting this. on. You know what I mean? Like there's so many options for the thing. It is like a car guy's ultimate car. So, yeah, I mean, long story short, I ended up finally just saying, dude, this bug is here. And it's not going away. And and the second I got a Jeep, it was like I was just so reinforced that I had made the right decision. Like literally, you know, it's funny because all the things that would bother me as a car guy, like the, the main thing is it's just too common. Like everybody's got one. Like I don't want everybody's got one, man. Everybody's got a Jeep. But the second you get one, you're like in this new brotherhood, man. Like literally yeah, sure. everybody's yeah. waving and, you know, like getting excited. It doesn't matter if you're fully built or bone stock man it's like i mean jesse knows because he's he's on the new end of it now and he's a new <laughs> jeep owner and he's just uh, so I, I don't know what point i'm getting at other than like i think if, uh, honestly yeah. like if you're gonna if you decide like i'm gonna drive something every day but i want to build it and i can't afford multiple builds the right. jeep is everything it's a pickup truck <clears throat> It's a uh, it, it's a tuner. It's every it goes off road. Uh, you can do performance suspension, like literally everything. It doesn't just serve one purpose. Like I tow a trailer. Yeah. I have a desk in the back of mine right now, but I could go off roading. I could cruise to Atlanta. It's got a sound system. I mean, like literally every aspect of car is in there. And uh -oh. and coming from somebody like me that had to watch every speed bump or every pebble in the road or you know what I mean like smash all now. of a sudden to have that I know I hate to, to use the word freedom because it's so synonymous with jeeps but like you have the freedom to just be like what's that <laughs> you know you can yeah. go down anything you can do anything you can take it to any function and you will find a parking spot <laughs> like you yeah. you will I mean I'm it's not just I try and explain to people like off-roading a Jeep is probably just some of the most therapeutic stuff I've ever done. Also the most terrifying when you're doing it with Bubba. But but um <laughs> but like even on pavement, the Jeep is dude, like dude, to me, there really is like no substitute. I love Tacomas. I think small body pickup trucks with big wheels are the coolest crap in the world, you know. Uh especially the bronze wheels, which we'll get into later. But like I mean, while a Tacoma is totally rad, I mean, I don't think it it's it's not a supplement for a, a Jeep, man. I mean, like, I'm not trying to diss anybody with Tacomas. Like, I want a Tacoma, but not in lieu of a Jeep. You know what I mean? Because there's just something so therapeutic about pulling doors off, cruising around, making parking spots. You know, it's it's I just 
you know, I kind of always say, I think I said it on your podcast. Like, if you're a car guy, if you're a car enthusiast, the Jeep is such a unique type of vehicle. There's nothing else quite like it. And it's got such a history and such a pedigree, especially in this country, that like you kind of owe it to yourself to experience that. It might not be for you. You might not get it. And that's totally cool. But like whether you buy it or whether you ride with somebody just to experience it, it's just a totally different type of car culture that is no better or worse, but equally as important to what I get from like my Fiesta. You know what I mean? Like it's the kind of thing where I got to have both. And you kind of hit the nail on the head because I, I was that guy five years ago that was like, well, this is a family car. You know, at the time I had toys like the CRX and, and the 911 too. And then I had a GTI, a Mark six. And I was like, I mean, the Mark six is rad, but it's kind of repetitive in nature to the other cars and actually a little bit more refined. And I was like, the Jeep is a family car and it unlocks a whole new world. I'm about to break in the Lion King song, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, um, so yeah, dude, like, you know, I, I, I got the Jeep and absolutely no looking back. I had it sunk before I had 200 miles on the odometer yeah. and, and, uh, I'll probably have a Jeep for the rest of my life. I can't imagine not. I will always, I, I totally, totally 1000% agree. So I just bought mine at the beginning of this year. I came from a lowered car in which, you know, I scraped my fuel tank open and it's a completely different experience with the Jeep. And that's why I got the Jeep. I didn't I couldn't justify getting another vehicle that that provided the same experience. So when you're talking about having a Fiesta and a GTI and a CRX, you can appreciate all of those, but they they kind of all offer the same experience at different calibers. But once you get a Jeep, it's 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 a whole different experience like you said that opens up. I mean, it took me probably 2 months to just be okay with going over like elevations or speed bumps at normal speed. Like yeah. I would slow down and like ease over and try to like straddle or, or, or avoid stuff just because I've been used to that literally my entire driving life. Yeah. Um, yeah so that experience is well, just. Didn't you write about that? Maybe it's the issue that's at press. I'm getting them confused, but you're like, I feel like I'm a teenager again, getting into like cars, like getting my yeah. first car all over again because yeah. everything's new, man. And yeah. like we were saying that the aftermarket is so huge. And y'all like Jeeps compared to freaking whatever the hell you're driving, I can promise you it's probably so much easier to work on. Just the fact that you can just so change, simple. you just change your oil like this. You can do an alignment with a tape measure. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to roll up on two by fours so then you can slide a jack stand so that, or, you know, it's just like, or it, it's, it's so fun. Like everything about those things is kind of like Legos. You know what I mean? It's very yeah. obvious. And you can watch a video that, that me and Hunter and Bubba did with steering components from Steer Smarts on my Jeep. And it's like, man, this is awesome. There's no fenders. Like there's nothing to get in the way on these things. But if you got to work on something, you take this. The only thing that sucks is your tire wheel combo is 100 pounds. It's heavy as hell. That's how you get as big as Bubba. And then you keep that thing out of the way. And then everything's there, man. You're good to go. So it's it's a really fun car to work on. It's like the oh, ultimate, like, let's have a couple beers and work on the Jeep yeah. thing, you know? I have yet to have any, like, you know, serious modifications on my Jeep. But coming from my car, my oil filter 
is caged behind my headers. So in order to, I have to do that same like pickle claw or toilet paper claw that you do to reach under. I have to do that with my oil filter and twist with like three fingers. So it's going to be again, a whole new world when I start modifying this Jeep. And other things that I know uh, from the car scene, that's kind of cool. The way it transfers over is first of all, you can put a part on your Jeep and then you take it out to whatever region you live in, wherever the trails are, and you're like on the threshold. You know what I mean? Like you can really test those parts. You can really see the gains. A lot of times with cars, unless you're at the track, you're yeah. not really putting those parts to the test in a lot of cases. And if you are at the track, you're literally just pouring buckets of money out the entire time you're there. It's just, <laughs> you know, you're yeah, just yeah, pouring yeah. money for like these 20 minute sessions of like, super adrenaline shakiness you know what i mean and then and then you wait and then an hour or two later you do it again and then you wait and then if all goes well you've gone through a set of tires and if you drag race you do all of that for 10 seconds like here's how it goes with jeeps me and bubba meet at the local quick trip gas station we get some fake eggs and cheese burritos or something and some beef jerky for the road. Yeah. And then we throw it in the car. We fill up the tanks for 30 bucks and we're gone all day. Yep. I, and, and you get to play all day. Like for, for a car guy, like nowhere are you going to get that much seat time yeah. doing anything else. You get to know where you live so much better like dude yeah i i have a newfound appreciation for the south for georgia for like the appalachian you know the southern part oh, of the yeah. appalachian mountains for all that man because you see the true beauty of where we live not just those little scenic overlooks that you see in your brz when you pull off of some mountain road or something i, I think there's something to say about more modern cars are doing a lot to separate you from the road, whether it's through electronics or sound dampening. Jeep Wrangler is the only one that's doing the opposite. They want you to take everything off and you and for you to be one with everything that's around you. It doesn't have a solid roof. It's not <laughs> a roof. <Yeah. laughs> it's detachable. But on another point, the people are 95% of Jeep people are phenomenal. Like the yeah. people who actually buy them, and that can't—I don't think that could be said. I don't know any other group of people that's the same. No, yeah. I mean, like uh, you know, I'm, I'm on a lot of social media, Facebook pages for all sorts of different cars and makes and models, and like the Jeep community is so supportive. You don't get that. Well, why don't you go search? Why don't you blah blah? That's <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Like you can see the most heinous looking Jeep, and people will be like. Yeah, bro. You like yeah. it. I like it, man. That's Good for you. you. You know, hey, dude, you do you. You know, like, ah, dude, those wheels are cool. I couldn't do them, but hey, good for you. You know, like that kind of stuff. Like, it's the most supportive community on and off the trail. I mean, when you're on the trail, dude, these Jeep guys will kill the rest of their afternoon to help you if you're having problems. You know what I yeah. mean? They'll just stop and start helping. And, and especially me as like a, a dreaded, sketchy dude or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I have never out there in the middle of the woods in northern georgia i have never gotten any sort of sketchy glance or stereotype or it's all just like yeah. dude everybody's cool with everybody you know i think i think there's appreciation for that honestly in the jeep world it's like anybody from 16 to 106 can be a jeeper 
You yeah. can be an island guy. You can be in the military. You can be, you know, or a veteran or whatever. Like it's all walks of life. You can be a multimillionaire. You can be dirt poor. Like it doesn't matter out there. There's a lot of just brotherhood. I think it's because you're all out there for the same reason. You're all chasing the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it just doesn't matter. I don't yeah. know, man. It's just a huge, a huge thing for me, man. Like, I don't know. That's, and that's part of the reason why I don't think I can ever not have a Jeep. If I ever did go off my rocker and trade in the Jeep on something else, I think it'd be a matter of months before I was like, I screwed up. <laughs> now I need another Jeep. Like, this wore off. It is funny as hell to me to see this side of Wooly because, Wooly, <laughs> I've known you for like what? Ever? God. 20 years. 18 years. 20 years. Yeah. Man, he used to, because I've always kind of like had a truck as my daily driver, and he would just berate me all the time. What <laughs> the hell? Why Why anything but a tuner car? You yeah. know, and he used to, if it wasn't low and fast and cornered well, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. And now, <laughs> it's Bubba, I don't know what man. he's become. I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it's a transformation. I don't know. Um, okay. So having said all of that crap that I was just <laughs> rambling about, like, what would you recommend to like the typical S3? Because you know, our you know our audience because you've known yeah. our magazine for a while. Like, sure. while we're sitting here talking about how rad getting off road is and how rad Jeeps are specifically, most of our readers are not your typical Jeep guys. By far, the vast majority, ninety nine point nine percent of them are not your typical Jeep guys. Yeah. You know, our kind of readers like. What kind of advice would you give? First of all, let's say you had twenty five hundred bucks nice. to blow on something four wheel drive, running preferably, so you could drive at home and four wheel <laughs> drive works. <laughs> what would you? What would you start with? Uh, a Cherokee is going to be your best bet. Like, and I don't mean like the new Trailhawk Cherokee. I mean two thousand one and older. You might could find a YJ pretty beat up Wrangler. A uh, YJ. It's a square headlight uh, Wrangler. Yeah, Pre-1995 Wrangler. You might be able to find one. Uh, but most Wranglers that are decent are over 3,000. Like even the old CJs, any of that stuff. So um, I had somebody yeah. tell me back in the day, there's no such thing as a $1,500 Wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> like if there is one, you don't want it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's, there's it's no a, floorboard. <laughs> yeah. So I would okay. buy a fifteen hundred dollar Wrangler with no floorboard right now. So if you have one, just PM me. I'll I'll buy it. <laughs> so Cherokee, you say? Would you do a Cherokee over a YJ? Uh, it depends on what it depends on what you're gonna want to do. Yeah. Like if you've got a family, you need a Cherokee. If you're gonna go camping, you need a Cherokee. If you're going rock crawling and that's it, YJ. Because okay. it already starts off with the bigger fender wells. You're going to fit a bigger tire with less lift. It's just it's it's just nice and spunky and gets around. So why is the Cherokee so great? The Cherokee's got wheelbase over the Wranglers, which is nice. So that gives you all kind of extra cargo in the back, an extra okay. set of seats. It had the – literally cannot destroy 4.0, so the inline six motor. Um and and just like the Wrangler, it has a lot of modifications. Not as many, but you can buy lots of aftermarket parts for it. It sounds like the Cherokee was was the market that became the unlimited. It, right yes, 
Yeah, basically, if you had a family, you had to go buy a Cherokee. You couldn't have a Wrangler unless you literally, if you had a car seat, you'd have to fold a seat down every day and and put it in the back. I mean, that would be. I'm, I'm sure some people do it, but it would be miserable. Right, so right, the right. Cherokee would be a lot better. Like uh, I've heard a lot of people, well, a few people, myself being one of them, <laughs> compare the uh, Cherokee to the Civic in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, just when it because came out, it was like it was for people who had money actually like it was that was the if you owned a cherokee that was like the high-end jeep suv like but now those people pass it down to their grandkids or their kids and you know what happens it you know people take a sawzall to it and put 22 inch wheels <laughs> on it and shove yeah. some dual subs in the back and <laughs> let's go wheeling you know but <laughs> A and when we're talking about Cherokees, we're talking about the square Cherokee. X. We're not yeah, talking we about Grand X. Cherokees and, no. and and all that crap that the college girls drove back when I went yeah. to college. Like the square Cherokee. Is there? I mean, there's really. Is there still a strong aftermarket for that, or 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 what? Like, how capable? Yeah. So these people know. Are they going to run out of capability with a Cherokee? Um. Uh. So the four-wheel drive system was fantastic. Uh, the automatic trans was good. They came with different models of variants. There was a Chrysler 8 and a quarter, and there was a Model 35. The Model 35 would break if you blew on it. So everybody wanted the 8 and a quarter. But here's the awesome thing. A Ford Explorer, Ford 88, is a direct swap into the Cherokee, and you get a disc brake conversion with it. So... A lot of guys just go get those wrecked Ford Explorers that had Firestone tires blow up and, you know, flip them. And then they throw those axles underneath the XJs, and it's great. Um, but you can run a 33-inch tire with stock axles and get out on the trail and just tear stuff up. Yeah. A lot of people will cut the fenders because they just don't care. The bodies are beat up nowadays, yeah. um, and they just get out there and run. But uh there's a lot. There's still a lot of clean XJs people have built to a high end. Um, well, mine was I, decent. <clears throat> that got featured in S3. It was pretty yeah. nice. <laughs> I, I think purely from a styling perspective, like if you guys listening, like go back and look at the Cherokee again. Oh, yeah. It is good, and they make it in the two door if you want to go that route and be just super dope. But like the two door was my first four wheel drive I ever owned. Dude, like if, um, that's what I'm saying. If you go back and look at these things, like the body is killer. It is so, so nice. You guys have been seeing them your whole life, so like you don't even see them anymore. But <laughs> if you really go back and you look at like the nose on it and the way they're so painfully squared off, it yeah. really works, man. If you start throwing um, a good set of wheels on it, and that's the thing is that not the stereotype, but a lot of times the Jeep culture is not into the same type of wheels in the same setups that that we are as tuners and they're not as savvy to you know brands and construction met i do i think if you took a uh a cherokee and put a set of freaking volks on it or something like that, <laughs> a two-door cherokee with volks would get ah, dude it'd be i hot. don't know it would be hot dude i'm telling you um, i think most jeep owners most not all but they're i got a jeep i want to go off-roading so like what's if you're budget friendly, you're thinking, what's the cheapest piece of metal I can put on the front and put a winch on it? What's the biggest tire and the cheapest wheels I can get so I can get off road? And then as I break stuff, I'll upgrade it. That's most of the budget conscious G yeah. mindset. Which, 
again, like a Civic, the Cherokee guys usually are pretty budget conscious, right? Now, like, like the new Jeepers buying these JLs, it's like, yeah. how much can I finance today? Yeah. They're like, is this one more expensive? I want, you have one that can be a little bit more expensive, please. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, well, it's just a different mentality, man. You got the guys that are financing the new ones and then the guys that are building the old ones for, to beat down. Um, I'd like to finance like eight old ones. That would be me. That'd be sick. Okay, so a couple minutes ago, you talked about how the Cherokee has a longer wheelbase. Yeah. Now, can you explain to people, because when I was new, it didn't make sense to me. You would think a short wheelbase, like a TJ, which for you guys is like, what, 970506 or something like that? Like, the, you know, the Jeep that we all know and love before the big four doors. You would think that that would be the best because short wheelbase, if you have a hill like this, short wheelbase goes right over it. Long wheelbase gets stuck and high sides it. Um, but why is a longer wheelbase actually... <laughs> There's a balance, right? Like, okay, so can you explain that to people? Sure. It, if you can imagine, like, just a, a brick, and then you imagine, I don't know, a foot-long hot dog going over some sort <laughs> of... <laughs> Hunter, can you You're help like... us visualization? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, have a, I have an extra phone here. So, basically... If you're thinking about it going over and down, especially like going downhill as you yeah. plant the weight, you kind of want something back there to be planting you. So with that <laughs> little short, it's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. okay going up. But going down, you have nothing planting you, no weight in the back. I mean, it's kind of like towing with like a single cab short bed truck versus like a crew cab long bed. Like you just you're, – you're better – you're like me. You just plant into the ground a lot better than others. <laughs> yeah, <I feel laughs> but that, that longer wheelbase basically adds stability. The long and the short of it. Um, now you get to a point where there is too long. Like the new Jeep truck, it's people are kind of saying, "Is it too long?" You start losing the breakover angle. You start losing the approach angle, departure angle. Um, there is there is a fine line. Um, my personal Jeep is known to be the sweet spot of. Of wheelbase, which is the the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, also known as the LJ, which they only made it for three years. So basically, for you guys that don't know, an LJ is a TJ, yep. which is that Unlimited. early two thousands model, but it's a little bit stretched out. It's the one that they made the last couple of years, and everybody at first was like, "Ugh," but now yeah. it's the one to have. Now it's, it's as valuable as a as a JK, right? Like it was it's really hated in the beginning, and um, yeah, it's almost. I, in some cases, it's the value is higher in an LJ than maybe like a pre-2012 JK. Yep. And not to like, I don't want to get too elementary, but I'm trying to think of people that are listening. And hopefully if there's just like one or two dudes out there that are like, dude, I want one. Like even stuff like approach angle and departure angle. Mm -hmm. You start. All right. So approach angle. I wish I had some way to. <laughs> hey, look. Okay. So <laughs> you have approach angle, right? Like you yeah. want to be able to pull up to this thing and get Drive your foot on it before your bumper hits it, right? That's your approach yeah. angle. Like if you start looking at a Jeep compared to any other vehicle, you got the man mamsy pamsy crossovers out there that don't even count. But even you take like my wife has a TRD uh, TRD Pro uh, 4Runner and it's dope. 
But like, and it's got a good approach angle, but it's all like plastic. It's all the polyurethane bumper. Yeah, you know what I mean? Is. Like the Jeeps have an astounding approach angle right off the bat. So many bumper options to narrow it so you can, you know, put tires up on on corners and stuff like that. That other makes and models just don't have the back of a Jeep, you know, departure angle. If you ever look at a Jeep next time you guys are, are, are pay attention, like there's no overhang. So you're on something and you just go flop and you just fall right off of it. Um, yeah, whereas, with a pickup truck, you're going to hit the whole Tacoma, bed. For example, yeah. where a Tacoma absolutely just cannot do what a, st a stock Jeep versus stock Tacoma is that departure angle. You're banging bumpers in the back of the beds and stuff like that, whereas a Jeep just kind of hops off and goes. Stock, stock over stock, nothing is nothing in the last 20 years is better off-road than a Wrangler. Right. That's just that's not like trying to like brag. That's literally like there's just, nothing. Yeah. You can't think yeah, of yeah. anything. Now, and, modified, there's a different story, but yeah. 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 yeah, you can modify anything to be anything, and and Tacomas get the job done for sure. I'm not, I'm, that, that's not the point of this, is to say Jeep's range. I love Tacomas. I do, too, <laughs> I, and it's funny, because, yeah, I, well, I called you when I had the press car, and at first I was like, yeah. I don't get it. I just don't freaking get yeah. it. Why would you buy this? And, not, and after, like, four days, I'm like, I want Tacoma. Like, you know, <laughs> they just grow on you, man. They're just, they're just comfortable. But um, the other thing, obviously, about a Jeep and a Cherokee, like we were talking about, is a solid front axle. Can you explain solid axles are nice. To the people? Yeah, can you explain why, yeah. like, again? I'm fresh. I still don't know what that is. Well, now, makes it better. every tuner will understand exactly why solid axles better versus independent suspension if you overbuild your motor you snap cv axles well if you bind the cv axle on the trail which is independent suspension like your wife's forerunner you tend to break cv axles with straight axle you've got a tube basically protecting a straight axle shaft and a u-joint at the end to allow movement to happen and you know it's less likely to break with big tires it also helps with articulation to have just a straight plane that can go up and down and is locked and cannot move forward or backwards in any way. It's just much stronger. Now, in the racing world, they are slowly moving like an off-road racing to IFS, but the CV axles are just chrome molly and massive. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, these are guys who are running in the desert. But for 99.9% for of off-roaders, solid axles what you want. Well, yeah, because if you're – and I guess all the regions are different, but you can take – even a stock Jeep or a Jeep with a small lift, when you get to the trail, you can disconnect your, your axle, you know, disconnects or your sway bar disconnects. I'm sorry. Like you don't even need a quick kit to do this. Like you guys, yeah, you can do, bolt them. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can do this on the trail in like three minutes and it will immediately allow the entire front axle to do this. So as you go up on something on this end, the other side is literally getting forced into the ground and you just get so much better, you know, grip and, and Traction, whatever, yeah. flex, all of that kind of stuff um, out of a Jeep. And then you get done with the trail and you bolt them back up and you go home. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to explain to some people what, you know, what kind of the advantage is. I guess the disadvantage of that is the road manners kind of blow. Compared yeah, you were talking to about how it's kind of scary to go off-roading with me. It's kind of scary to ride on road with me. That's the more scary. That's the scariest part of my Jeep. <laughs> yeah, Jeep on. I just had to cross Atlanta today in mine, and I was like, dude, thank God I have other cars for this. Well, you hear about 
death wobble is something that's yeah, associated yeah, yeah. with mm-hmm. with uh, jeeps, and and that's basically because you have a straight axle. If something starts moving, there's no way to slow that movement down. It's just gyration, basically. Now, yeah. you will see the bro truckers adding multiple shocks in the front, steering stabilizers to try to combat that, but. It, it takes like what we did on a new Jeep Willie, like actually dialing in the steering to have the correct angles and beefed up joints to actually not experience death wobble. Yeah. And while straight axles are rad, they are a bit like archaic. Well, they're uh, heavy. Yeah. And my Jeep, when we did that, had 30,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. Not many miles. Uh, and that crap was pretty worn, man. The OEM mm-hmm. stuff was worn. And that's he just me running around with 37s. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so many people just don't 37s. think about it. Well, I mean, you know, people get a Jeep and they're like, hell yeah, I can put big tires on this thing. And they yeah. go and buy 35s at the dealership. Yeah, and, and I don't think they realize that you do wear that stuff out. That, like in the article, we've got it, an issue at press and there's that whole Steer Smarts article. And it's like, the good news is you don't have to do it immediately. You can go buy your lift and put your wheels on, which is the first thing you want. To, it's what everybody first wants. thing everyone does. Hell yeah! But um, the yeah, the steering is something that you need to start putting a little bit in your piggy bank every month because it's coming. It's coming. If I could tell anything, if somebody's going to decide to buy a Jeep based on this, or they were thinking about it, or whatever, two things that I always recommend: go off roading in it exactly how you bought it. Yeah, because you're going to see the weaknesses and yeah. the strengths immediately on the trail. I mean, obviously, take someone with you that can recover you, but that's number one. And then number Thank two, you. think of what – yeah, you're welcome. We did, <laughs> we, we did a little of that <laughs> at Jerome Town. But uh, number two is decide what tire size you want to run, not because of that's what your friend has, but, like, what it's actually going to be functional for you, and then build everything else around it. Kind of like people would decide, okay, well, I'm going to run this horsepower in my vehicle. Well, then you have to decide – what axles you're going to run and what gear ratio and transmission on a Jeep, you start with the tire every time. Yeah. yeah. That's what I always heard. Build around your ideal tire size, you know, because if not, you're building it twice. Like, yeah. And it happens so often because people are like, man, I want 37s. Well, 35s are a lot cheaper. Or now it's like, I want 40s. Well, yeah. 35s crazy, are a lot cheaper and I want the something The crazy, now. crazy thing about the new Wranglers is they have eight-speed transmissions. And they will, from the factory, fit a 35-inch tire. No modifications required. Now, you will rub those tires. You can put a 33 on and not rub. So that is really throwing people for a loop. They're, like, immediately getting the tire size they want. Uh, the 8-speed makes it feel like the it's big okay. tire's not there. Yeah. And, the new, and the new turbo motor is getting good gas mileage, and it's extremely peppy. So it's like the new G people don't really know what, what we were the complaining struggle. about. The last they don't get the struggle. Yeah, since 1941, what we've been complaining about, they don't get it. But uh, Dude, Caleb was burning tires, burning 40s yeah. on the four-cylinder turbo. He was yeah. like, dude, this oh thing is God. insane. He yeah. drag raced a, uh, what was it, a hemi-swap Jeep and was right there with yeah. the four-cylinder so yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. When I heard um, they're coming on the four-cylinder, I was like, nope, not for me. I mean, they used to have a four-cylinder in the YJ, um, but... And in the TJ, but this new one is, it's a beast. I mean, I like the V6, the 3.6 that you have, Willie, but I'd buy it. I'm probably going to buy a new Jeep in the next couple months. It'll be a four-cylinder turbo. Yeah, you're going to do it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Unless, unless I make enough money for the diesel. Now, that would be the ultimate. Okay. Yeah. Right. 
But it's eight thousand dollar option. So. <laughs> yeah, but hey, man, just charge it. You know, tax write off now. Over like seven it. years, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not worried about that. Just finance it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. I'm trying to think of what else. You know, I don't know. I'm just going off the cuff. If somebody is new. Or, or let's say a couple dudes, like a couple S3 dudes are listening to this right now, or, or noobs or whatever you want to call it. And they're or like, girls, they're Willie. like, yeah, hell yeah, brother, sister, whatever. <laughs> We're going to go get us a Jeep. We're going to go play. What would you tell those guys, like, as far as just overall safety on the trails, overall etiquette on the trails? Um, first things first, like, you guys do not want to go do this alone. Or with your idiot friend that also knows nothing about Jeeps. Because, I mean, it's like you, you were saying, and I, I totally 100% support. Like, whatever you get, take it out in its stock form or however you got it. Because I bought the cheapest Jeep. Not only is it not a Rubicon, it doesn't have roll-up windows. Like, it's got nothing. I bought the cheapest one just so I could get in a Jeep. Uh, it had, like, the steel mail truck wheels on it with the little 16s like no all-terrain and and my friends actually alex was one of them alex designs for the magazine uh he had a cherokee at the time and he was like all right let's take it out just like this i was like man i don't even want to drive it i literally parked it behind my house and didn't touch it until parts started coming in my wife was like you are such a freaking snob you're literally not gonna drive it's like no it looks stupid like but but alex was like come out with us we went to go hit tray mountain um and he was like just see what it'll do stock because as a a, a lowered car guy you are gonna be freaking blown away and i was absolutely after that first trip was like oh my god dude yeah. this thing unstoppable like i just thought <laughs> it was like yeah dude it just <laughs> it just wiggles through man it gets it done um but anyway, long it's, story short, it's kind of like it's kind of like swimming, right? Like, yeah. don't you wouldn't go by yourself on the first time. You'd probably have some people that know what they were doing the first time, and don't go swimming in someone else's pool. Like, that's not going to end well for you. So, like, off-roading at like uh, your local power lines isn't a great idea. Farmers' fields, like, find legal places, and it's not hard. You can get online and and, and Google. In fact, Facebook has made it way yeah. easy to find places now there's nine million groups for jeepers so just join yeah. your local group just pay attention you'll find a local ride going on you'll find there's parks everywhere go to a park there's nothing that would be your best bet like a, a, a private park and follow the ones that say green you know like start on the bunny <laughs> slopes like skiing and then work your way up um and, and then you're gonna probably want to figure out some way to communicate with other people which yeah. we use like these cheap kind of race radio things yeah, yeah. and then um and have some kind of strap you know mm -hmm. don't go to pet boys or AutoZone and get it like i don't know email me or something but get some, get some kind of <laughs> yeah get strap but you can yeah. the great thing is get on Facebook if you have facebook if you're watching this video probably facebook get in a group and say what kind of recovery gear do you guys use or use the search feature in the Facebook group, what kind of recovery gear do people use? And then you're you're right on your way. Or watch the Jeep and Bubba channel. I cover all this all the time. I'm yeah, on it. Shameless plug. I just, I just want to vouch. No I want to vouch for what Bubba's saying because all of the advice that Bubba J just gave, 
I did probably three months ago, the complete opposite. <laughs> and, le- <laughs> and let me tell you how that goes. So Wooly inspired me to get a little 90s 4x4. I like your um, truck. Bubba's, Bubba's a fan of these, the first gen Sonoma S10s. I know Bubba's had a few of them, but I got one for a really good deal. And I wanted to go out and have a little fun because I had been wheeling with, you know, Jeep and uh, with Wooly and Jeep and Bubba and all these guys. So I get a little motivated. So I get my little truck. I get my lowered car buddy that knows nothing about off-roading. And at midnight, we go out to my local power lines by ourselves. No, no phone service. Nothing. Immediately. Like with. In 15 minutes of being out so, there, I sunk that bitch. <laughs> like, it's not language. I probably shouldn't say that. But it was kind of a, oh, no, we can definitely make it through this. <laughs> we are not. Okay. <laughs> we have to call somebody. It's midnight. Nobody's answering their phones. Wait a minute. We don't have phone service. Like, this, this, this is it. This truck lives here now. I'm going to come back in the morning. Uh, the wheels are going to be gone. The window's going to be smashed. Like, we're done. Uh, yeah. Dude, Jeep and trail riding has a way of going from like epic fun to like, oh god, Real <laughs> like so Real quick. quick. As if you, you realize, ever stop and think about what you're doing on a trail too. It's mind blowing. Yeah, you're like we're like goats currently going up this little rocky path. A vehicle <laughs> shouldn't be here. If you look around, you're like, no, I wouldn't take a wheelbarrow down this. And you're <laughs> taking your literally all your finances up this hill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's great. Oh, I don't. I and dude, Bubba, I admire your ability to do that and just not. He doesn't get flustered. I'm trying to think. No, I have never seen you lose your cool. Like, and that pains me to say. I wish I could. I'm over here with dreadlocks, and I am quick to be like, "We're screwed. We're totally screwed. <laughs> We're spending the night out here. I can't even call my wife. What are we gonna do? This, this is terrible. Why did I do this? This would have been a good day." What the hell is wrong with me? I'm broken, you know. And Bubba's yeah. like, "It's cool, man." Woo! Worst case scenario, I'm stuck in the woods overnight. Like, I want to do that anyways. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that might be it. I don't know. Yeah. But I, when I started out, I did some of the stuff the hunter was describing, and I actually got. You were talking about Trey Mountain. I was stuck there for eight hours, no phone service. I only told my wife where I was going, and I didn't really give her a good directions of that. And, uh, yeah, so you learn to overcome so those things. Join some sort of a group or some yeah. sort of a friend that has some decent experience. Make sure you get just the basics of legitimate recovery gear, a real toe strap. I don't know brands necessarily. I know mine's Rugged Ridge, but these things are meant to kind of... As long as um, it's not the one with the hooks on it, it has right. actual loops yeah, in yeah, it, yeah. you're doing good. And then a D-ring or a soft shackle or any... Tie it around. You know what you can do? All of them have toe packages. So, like, you wedge it in the toe package and put your pin through it, you know, so you don't have to necessarily have a D-ring. But don't get the ones with the hooks on it. That's you don't you need got. a winch. I hear so many people are like, yeah, I want to go, but I don't have a winch. Dude, as long as you got a buddy... You should be all right, or a couple of buddies and and a decent toe strap. Um, but yeah, recovery in and of itself is a freaking art form, one that yeah, I'm still yeah. trying to understand. And again, when yeah. I watch Bubba or even Kevin, <laughs> like, because I'll be like, "Crap, 
I'm stuck. I'm about to fall off the side of this thing. How did it even happen? You know, and they'll be like, no, nah, like, man, physics. you're good. What you want to do is snatch block to that, go back to that tree, and what it's going to do is move. I'm like, what? You guys should be building spaceships. Like, <laughs> I, have, like I barely passed geometry. And these guys are, are, I mean, like, it's magic. They'll be like, watch this. And your Jeep will just go, and go right back there. I have a video on my uh, computer of wheeling with Wooly on this like random snow day that we had this past season, God. and we got in a pretty hairy situation. And then this mountain man walks out of the woods, <laughs> and and he's like, "I live right down the the street or right down the hill over he's here." Like, Y'all so funny here. Let me get you. Yeah. <laughs> and so Wooly is like full on panic attack. He's like, "I'm not pressing the gas. I'm not pressing the brakes. I'm not getting out." Was- like. If I do anything, this Jeep is going off the side of this mountain. And the guy's like, look, all you have to do, turn the wheel this way. And then Willie immediately goes, that's the opposite direction of where I want to go. And he's, like, <laughs> just, he's like, just listen to me, okay? He's like, turn the wheel this way and then just punch it. He's like, and then in he reverse, slides. Remember? Yeah, in reverse. He's, and then he walks over to like this other area. And which is nowhere near where we anticipated the Jeep was going to be. He was like, you're going to end up right here he like x the mark with his foot like you're gonna end up right here and then we're just gonna snatch you out of here and willie's like okay i'm just gonna listen it's not gonna work and he's like just do it so of course you know willie puts it in reverse slams the gas jeep goes exactly where the guy said it would and then and Willie- it defies <laughs> physics though like yeah. i wish you well, guys I, have- I wish we could like roll the clip because first yeah. of all i am on a steep descent and it got icy. I think what happened, we were hammering coming up this climb and I think we were like melting and compacting the snow and turning it to ice. And then we left our buddies, they didn't make it up. And we were like, all right, we'll go back down and get them. Well, that got bad fast. I mean, you're talking like your your natural inclination when you're going down a hill and you're sliding is to hit the brakes. Well, that's bad because you're losing all control of what you can do but it was one of those things it was like i was stuck in a spot and you go that way you know point that way and hit the gas no it falls you go backwards it falls (laughs) like you go forward it was like everything i'm doing is sending me over the edge of this thing yeah and i was just paralyzed with fear and it just takes somebody with experience to just, you know, the bubbas of the world to walk up there and be like, dude. And the mountain man disappeared and we never saw him yeah. after that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he it was so him. funny. He was loving yeah, he, it. I mean, him and his yeah. wife, it's entertainment for them, you know? Like, they just thought it was it was funny to watch us out there trying to figure out this snow and, and mountains and stuff. But as, as soon as we stopped, or as soon as Wooly stopped, he, he poked his head out of the window and he goes, did you guys just see that? It worked. <laughs> Yeah, but see, I still, I could not replicate that. Like, there is so much to be learned in the whole getting yourself out of a pickle and recovery aspects that, like, while that worked, again, it's a lot like math. Like, you know, when I was in high school, my whatever algebra teacher would show you the solution and the way to get there, and you would be like, I get it. And then you'd have to do it on your own, and you'd be like, Crap! <laughs> We're screwed. We're spending the night here. This isn't gonna work. I will uh, say it's 100 percent true. Wheeling with you every time is your first time. It seems. Yeah. Like we'll get to the trail. You're like, are we doing this? And we'll start doing it. You're like my Jeep will do this. We've like, done this for like four years. I know. I keep telling myself that because I'm not exactly 
a rookie anymore. I've been doing it for five years, but it is. It's like every time you get to that trail, it's always changed a little bit because you guys, this is not a racetrack. Like this is not a guaranteed situation right, where you got right. somebody flagging you if anything's wrong. Like these trails change based on the season and the weather and the rain. And I've done this particular trail that we got stuck on in the snow many, many times. Enough yeah. to be the leader of the group. And then all of a sudden you throw some snow on it and stuff that you never even noticed before becomes a serious problem real fast. Um, especially when you take little Southern boys and stick them in snow. I don't know how that works. <laughs> but um, it is, there's something about pulling up to that first little kind of pucker obstacle. It gets me every time, you know, and then once you get over it, I'm like, all right, all right. I'm kind of back in the mindset, but it, it, it goes back to speak about like these Jeeps will do stuff that your brain does not understand. It'll do like, I mean, I've got 37s, but like you'll get up to some stuff where it's like this and they'll be like, no problem, man. Just put your front tire on that. And they just, yeah, just let it kind of, all right, just a little gas, little gas. And you're like, dude. There is no freaking way that this thing is going to go up. This, this is taller than my other car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're standing on it and it's up to your waist, you're like, no, no, this isn't passable. He's like, oh, relax, man. Just, just, you know, just go. No problem. The problem with Bubba is he will tell you, dude, it's no problem. Even when it's a freaking problem. <laughs> like, you, don't you don't know how to read his poker face because he'll get up to an obstacle and be like, Oh crap, this is a problem. But if I show it, Wooly's gonna lose his stuff. <laughs> so I'm just gonna act like this is no big deal. And then we'll get through it and he'll be like, that was actually pretty pretty serious back there. <laughs> that, that was treacherous. <laughs> Dude. Thought you were gonna have to bring out your life vest. <laughs> that was dead man's curve we just got through back there. <laughs> okay. So one other thing is like all right, it, there's a company called JCR Off-Road, which mm -hmm. is like the coolest group of just misfits, but <laughs> like skilled misfits, right? They're up in Michigan. They're, they, they do armor. They do bumpers. They do tire carriers. They do, you know, all sorts of armor to armor up your Jeep, make it indestructible. Um, and they make it all right there. And it's super dope because, you know, they're just, they're just fabricating stuff and getting it done. And... They're also just like the coolest group of dudes in the world. They like anything with a motor. They go full send. They have a great time. Uh, you know, it's all about just beer and ice cream and and whatever. And like pizza, these, pizza. Yeah, yeah, pizza. And like <laughs> hashtag Overland is such a thing right now. But like these dudes for real, just get in their cars and drive from Michigan out to God knows where. You know, yeah. Moab, whatever. Man, they just start going west. You know, and they they figure it out. So anyway, that's that's uh, JCR in a nutshell. If you guys are at all interested, you should go to Facebook, like JCR, because it's pure gold as far as just entertainment goes. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I say that to say that Bubba, Georgia boy, Jeep and Bubba, went up there to Michigan to work for a few years with JCR. What in the hell was that like? <laughs> Well, the McDonald's don't have chicken biscuits. There's no Bojangles, no Waffle Houses, no sweet tea, but it was phenomenal. Like, snow wheeling, uh, when you get north into Michigan, like maybe an hour from the cities, it just becomes forest, like for four hours. And it's just riding. And so overlanding, 
it that I don't know. It wasn't born there, um, but it really is like getting reborn there currently. It's like okay. people they realize we don't need mountains, we don't need rocks. We've got four hours of roads covered in deep snow to have to cover and then camp in it and bring gear out. And nobody's going to help us, and so it's it's just a phenomenal, beautiful state. So that was awesome. And then the people at JCR, I mean, what they do with the culture inside is phenomenal and then how they interact on social is is really yeah. really cool. yeah. they're kind of like jeep guys meets dude perfect or something <laughs> but also like perfect. the customer's not always right actually very rarely right <laughs> 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 and like the marketing schemes that these people come like yes. there's a there's a there's a serious wisdom behind the madness but like didn't you guys no, eat like not. There's no list. It is. We're drinking it's beer. Full and we're send. Like, we haven't made enough money this month. Let's do something dumb for you. What was the pizza challenge or something? Didn't you guys? I, I actually just wanted free lunch, like on a Friday. And so I was like, hey, how about this Friday for every sale I get, you guys give me pizza? And the other owner, Daryl, was like, okay, fine, but you're going to be on Facebook Live all day eating pizza. So like, I'm going to get my money out of you. <laughs> so the three salesmen are sitting at the desk on Facebook Live all day while people are throwing stuff at us and, like, unicorns are running through. And the customers caught on, so they were just buying stickers and T-shirts and hats just to watch us eat. We ate 122 slices of pizza. Oh, my God. Then, oh my oh my God. God. Between three of you? <laughs> like between three of us. And the owner said, uh, the other the owner, Brian, if you'll eat 100 pieces, I'll donate $5,000 for Toys for Tots. So he did that. So we actually, we ate over 100. We hit our sales goal for the month. And uh, I didn't eat pizza for like a month. It was <laughs> phenomenal, though. It was a cool day. It was weird to be on live for eight hours. That is odd. Like doing phone calls and like. Having to whisper, okay, I'll do that for you. Like Jake from State Farm. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no way we can go that low. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Is that where Jeep and Bubba was born? Uh, Jeep and Bubba was born in a hotel room in Florida. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of Bubbles born in a hotel room in Florida. <laughs> Literally almost all of them. Um, so... I I was I worked for Nitro Gear and Axle before I worked for JCR Road, and I started realizing that like social media and personal branding worked hand in hand with sales. So like people relate who you are and who your brand is with why they spend their money with you, sort of. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I owned a Jeep. I got on Instagram and I'm like, what name should I use? Everyone, literally every human being in my family calls me Bubba. So Jeep and Bubba was born, and it was like. Ding, 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 ding. immediately we were at a jeep show and i just made it started shooting pictures on there and then it kind of took off from there um but the youtube channel jeep and bubba did start while i was at jcr okay i, I kind of felt so guilty about how awesome it was in those two years like i have to start recording some of the stuff that's happening <laughs> i wish i could remember some of those there was like a black friday that you and Daryl did, but it was like the characters. It was like yeah. Jeep and Baba, and who was it? Was we, it? We did a we did a fake uh, TV show, and so like okay. uh, Daryl was the co-host or was the host, but it was actually like not Daryl. It was a different person, you know. And he was drunk, drinking moonshine, and like 
Yeah, so Corey, our other sales guy, came in and was like that pessimist, like, what are you guys doing? It's Black Friday. This is ridiculous. Yeah. You guys are like, here, have some water. And he's like, that is not water. <laughs> like, yeah. And the funny part was, it was moonshine. We were, like, I got us filming that video. It oh, was, my God. But, like, dude, they're so silly because they would be like, He's like, oh, man, everything's on sale. Everything's on sale. And they're like, oh, we got a clip? We'll roll the clip. And it was just like the computer and somebody moving the screen through the computer of y'all's website. It's like so the dumbest crap. One day I go into Daryl's office and I was like, this is going to sound dumb, but like we're really – like I'm passionate about this. We need to do this. We need to say that our Jeep bumpers have the leading spaghetti capacity in the industry. <laughs> and so we did it. So literally, we do a sales pitch. It's me and another salesman trying to sell like a fake customer a Jeep. And Corey eventually pulls out like a 30 gallon pot of spaghetti and dumps it in the winch carrier of the bumper. And the guy's like, sold. And we're like feeding <laughs> this guy spaghetti out of a winch bumper. <laughs> and yeah. we have, and they still advertise that we have the uh, leading spaghetti capacity in the industry. Or also, one day, Daryl was like, Hey, what does this video need? And I said, rap sirens. So he at the end of the video just burr, 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 get at it. Yes. So if you go to jcrfroad.com, there's a at link the at the bottom. Yes. You can click rap sirens and it will make that noise for you. Yeah. Literally anytime you want. I've got that app on my phone, so anytime I need to make it hype, I go boop, 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 boop. That's it. <laughs> so they're not afraid of like what people will actually think about that stuff, which actually sells bumpers somehow. Well, it's so different than a lot of what you see in the Jeep world, in the Jeep aftermarket, which is people trying to be, you know, yeah, yeah. tough and yeah. 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 yeah, we don't, <laughs> yeah, we don't laugh here. But Look at um, curly wheels and bumpers, you have. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but see, dude, that's the thing, man. You go out and you hit these trails. And this is like what the whole day is like. It's just like stupid laughs and stupid conversation. And a lot of times you're, I don't know if you're like this, but the night before you're looking for reasons not to go like, oh man, you know, we got to drive all the way. For me, it's like a two hour drive up to the mountains, you know, yeah. Hunter's got to drive from Alabama to, you know, it's an it's, hour and a half from my house. That's it. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's a million reasons not to go. You're always like, well, I got to, you know, I really should probably work on this or change this. But then you go and you laugh and you share some stupid stories like that. And it's like, it's the best time ever, man. Like, Dude, runner, yeah. if it clicks for you guys out there, if you go and it clicks, it's going to click hard. Just yeah. being that you're a car guy, you will come home and you will go to bed and see flashes of trail and you can't wait to get back. And you start thinking about, man, I wonder what was down that way. I wonder if we went that or dude, I bet you if I went on the left side, you know, or whatever, yeah. going up this, that would have worked or, you know. Next really, time. like, no matter what state you live in, yeah. um, there is some place that you've never been able to go before that exists that's yeah. beautiful and amazing. I don't care how long you've lived in your state. Like, yeah, I can take you. I've been to places in the last six months that I didn't know existed in Georgia. Like, and I've been wheeling for quite a while in the state. Like, it's fun and, and it's beautiful. Like, well, that's the thing. Know, if you're into that kind of thing. That's the thing I noticed at SEMA is like, you know, people on the West Coast are jealous, which you don't get uh, in the car scene. Like the West Coast is the Mecca and they don't care about what the hell's going on anywhere else. But like people from the Jeep world are like, ah, oh, dude, I love the freaking, you know, the North trees. Georgia mountains. Like <laughs> yeah. you guys have trees and you have mud and like yeah. this cool stuff. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. 
I would have only thought that she would have cared about Moab in the desert. Not right, well, right. we like that too. But like when yeah. we get to go out to the East Coast, or you know, like yeah, it's like yeah. you said, no matter where you are, it's different. You know, it's freaking yeah. different. Like Moab, they have the better never, trails though. What's that? They have the better trails out west though. I'm jealous of those guys more. I'm a forest kid, man. I think it's cool to go out there in the woods. Yeah, but like I've the, never been to the Moab. Rubicon has jeeps. The Rubicon has rocks bigger than your jeep, like, and you drive on them, like, like at ten thousand <laughs> feet. At ten thousand feet, Black Bear Pass that I'm talking about, it reaches yeah. twelve thousand feet on a jeep trail. Like you're looking, and there's no trees at this point. Yeah. If you roll, you'll roll eighty times before you stop. That's like, what Daryl from JCR has always told me. He's like, it's the, it's the, the punishment for making an error out there is way, way, way worse. You don't bump a tree like you do in Georgia. Like, they closed just, the trail for a day, and then they reopened it the next day. I mean, wow. that's insane. It's so, it, the elevation is so high that it only opens at mid-July after they've plowed the snow out of the way so that you can ride the trail. So I think that I think the guys at West have it better, but they do enjoy mud and which I hate and you love. But uh. <laughs> well, see, I haven't really been in it long enough to really see how bad I'm screwing everything up. <laughs> I haven't had to pay for all my little muddy fun. You know what I mean? Like, I just get muddy. I'm like, yeah, that was great. Look at this. There's mud all over the inside. <laughs> yep. Well, all right. I'm trying to think of what else, man. Uh, how's the shop going? I mean, Shop's literally, good. this is like, I don't know what's too much to say, so I'm just going to say it all. Well, you, you can say it all. Deal with it. But basically, you have a family business that does yep. landscaping. Uh, sure. That's cool. And it pays the bills. And, you know, it's the family business. But you got this dream to do uh, to make Black Bear like a real brick and mortar shop, mm -hmm. um, which now you're on your way to do that. Uh, and, and you're kind of doing it right now amongst, um, you basically work in two jobs, right? And you're trying. Yeah. So currently I start at 8 AM, uh, we have a landscape business and we're done at four. And then, uh, it, we literally park our lawnmowers within a thousand yards of where the shop is. It's like <laughs> one building over and uh, then I, I turn the sign to open and I'm there till like eight o'clock and then. I'm there all the weekend long kind of thing. And I have an appointment every night this week. Like, and I'll be there wrench until eight or nine o'clock each night. But uh, so, that's what you got to do. That's <laughs> what, are, what are like the new accounts? Who are you selling now? What are you doing? Well, like, Mamba Wheels was our most recent, uh, which. Mamba, for you guys that don't know, Koenig. Or Mamba is Koenig's off-road brand. So yeah. shout out to Mamba and Koenig. And so, shout out because they're doing a lot of really cool kind of designs that your stereotypical jeep guy yeah. might not be on yet but i think the import guys are really going to dig it if you're yeah. a car guy you'll like their wheels um from a jeep's perspective because it's they're like kind of i don't know it's just like uh the car hot rod scene meets kind of the off-road style we've only had the soft eight which is the eight round holes yeah, yeah. or like the weird blade-looking fuel wheels uh, or six spokes up until this Rock point. Rock stars so, with the, you know, uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my pet peeve. But yeah. um, we're currently the, and this is like a weird statement, but we're currently like the only shop in the world that sells Mamba wheels in a weird way. So Mamba sells like 
through a lot of outlets, but they're yeah. all like big internet brands, big chain stores. We're the only like mom and pop store like in the world that sells Mamba wheels currently. Um, and it was partly because of Wooly and partly because I knew some of the guys on the Koenig side. And so they gave me a goal. I had to sell a certain amount of wheels to get in. And um, yeah, we stepped up and like I said, I mounted 10 on Sunday and shipped four in Michigan the week before. So it's been crazy. But That's really, awesome. Blackberry, the thing was, I was at JCR. We were talking about this awesome job. When I moved to Michigan, I told my wife, we're, we're going to stay here for five to ten years, or if you get pregnant, we'll move back. So year two, she gets pregnant. <laughs> I tell or her, okay. pregnant, I guess. <laughs> I, said, oh, I said, oh, okay, uh, we can move back. By the way, how do you start an LLC? Like, same <laughs> night. Like, and so Blackberry got started as a as – a, a website. I knew I wanted to open up a shop. I gave myself five years from like that date, and we're at year two and a half, and we have a shop. So, eventually, I'll work my way out of the family business, and this will be my full time gig. But yeah. I'm still working twenty hours a week doing it currently. So yeah, um, yeah. and it, yeah, like for those of you guys still listening, I think it's like really important, especially in the off road world, not to take anything away from the tuner world, but support the brick and mortar shops. Like yeah. I know that yeah. there's a lot of online options for cheaper BS somewhere else, but like <clears throat> you got to look at the big picture when it comes to these things, you know, like the brick and mortar shops, you talk to a guy like Bubba, bring them your Jeep, whether it's a freaking clapped out Cherokee or a brand new, <laughs> you know, Rubicon or whatever. And like, they, they know the Jeep. They know the build. They know what you're going for. They know what you need even more than what you, yeah. you know, know. Like, they can guide you. Like, Amazon is never going to freaking give you advice on what you need. You know, they're never going to, they're, they're not going to understand that. Somebody like Bubba, wherever you are, you know, like somebody like a shop like, like Black Bear, they get that, you know. And not only that, but they'll also take you out riding. You know yeah. what I mean? They also become kind of your your little whatever, mentor or whatever. You know, I mean, it, it just, you're not just buying a part. You're kind of, you know, you're. You, I don't want to say you're buying a friendship because that's stupid, but like... A lifestyle. You're, you're, yeah, you're getting uh, into the community. You're getting the experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, dude. It's not just... I mean, me and Mike talked about all And there's shops. That. There's shops all over the United States. I used to do outside sales for Nitro Gear and Axle. There are fantastic shops all over the U.S. You might say, well, this guy's selling this part for $39.99, and I can get it for $29, and then it fails you on the trail, and it leaves you stranded for six hours. Like His experience is partially what and, you're paying and for. Yeah, $600 yeah. worth of towing or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't, you can't think about that when it comes to being off-road because like we said earlier, you really are putting this crap through the ringer. You know what I mean? Oh, like you're beating it. Yeah. This is not like the import scene where you can buy some knockoff stuff and all it's got to do is get you to the Sonic parking lot where you look cool. <laughs> like, like this stuff is going I to get... I used to hang out in the Sonic parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Riverside. Like tater tots. And they sell still, tater tots. Let's still hang out at Sonic parking lot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the point is, yeah, this isn't just like pretty stuff. This is like... like a, some it, of it is, this, but... This, yeah, I know, but like off-roading is kind of a game of... Sure. A lot of fun if you decide to take your pretty Jeep off-road, it is serious. Well, like You can have fun, but it is a serious thing. It's the survivalist game. It's the like, all right, what do I need to do and what do I need to bring 
to be ready for whatever we might see. Cause a lot of times you don't know. And that's the fun of it, man. You don't know when you come around that corner, you're like, oh crap, man. It's been raining for the last four days. Last time we did this, it was fine, but we don't know what's gonna happen here. We don't know how, how we're gonna get tested and we wanna be ready for it. Two Sundays ago, I took my Wrangler off-road, and we went through this really awesome, like, rocky section, and I flexed the rear so hard, it touched the body, and when it did, the, the actual rear axle did, because I have, like, a big truss. I have a four-link in the rear for tuner guys, so the truss that holds the four-link cut the harness to the fuel pump. <laughs> so, like, two seconds later, I ran out of fuel to the motor. Well, I had a wire stripper, a whole roll of wire, and electrical tape, and it was running in, like, three minutes after that. So, oh, like, gosh. that's the kind of stuff, like, there's a full tool roll of stuff in the back of the Jeep with recovery gear and a lot yeah. of refreshments. See, somebody like me would be like, why the hell do you need a roll of wire? Well, <laughs> you might. <laughs> there's also a level of, like, tuner in me that I've always had a tool kit in my car, and maybe yeah. because I've got... 300 plus thousand miles on it but <laughs> i don't go anywhere with zip ties to, or zip ties and duct tape to keep stuff from moving and wd-40 to let shit move yeah. yeah yeah man i mean you should see what these like kevin brings toilet paper i have toilet paper you, you never know <laughs> baby wipes are actually my go-to yeah well hell, you can clean I... windows you can do all sorts of you can clean all sorts of things really I learned when we were out there in the snow that time, it's probably also a good idea to bring some food for overnight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to make sure you have some good, you know, clean bottles of water or whatever and stuff like I that. I always buy tons of food, but it never makes it, like, halfway no. to the trail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm trying to think. Does anybody else have anything? I got random notes here, but I can't read my own damn as as far as you know our audience all being tuner guys let's just say theoretically you guys have talked me into buying a jeep here have we? uh maybe would you <laughs> uh would you start off rubicon or would you go non-rubicon and try to build up to what you actually the want most asked question on every <laughs> right hey. uh that's probably the second most asked the most asked is can I fit 37s on a stock Rubicon? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, if it, it's kind of one of those things, uh, you can build a sport to a Rubicon for cheaper, so you're paying ten thousand dollars more for a better factory built Jeep. Um, in Wait, most cases, though, yeah, you're financing ten thousand dollars which is yeah. almost not even like real money it's only so, like, <laughs> like 50 bucks a month something like that so anyway go rubicon, ahead when the rubicon came out they basically decided to put bigger axles which i don't know if you guys know the story of the rubicon that's a phenomenal story too but um they, they put a bigger front axle it has a better transfer case it has lockers front and rear so you're locking the axles to all spin at the same power at the same time um that's a huge upgrade the new ones have a sway bar disconnects that are electronic oh so God. you push a button disconnects them you're locked up you have a four to one gear ratio transfer case uh 14 gears from the factory so it's a huge improvement now if you're a guy like me i would rather deal with the struggle like I want to break the terrible front axle, upgrade it to something better. But if you're somebody that's like, you know what, I'm not into mechanical side of things, the Rubicon is like 
buy it, go off-roading. It has mud yeah. tires yeah. in the factory. I mean, it's like, go out, enjoy it. And it'll have all these things, and you're not going to have to take it places. To, like, uh, right. quick backstory, yeah. because I, you know, I went through that, and I still don't have an answer. I bought the cheapest Jeep I could buy. Absolute basic <laughs> Jeep. I don't think I did the wrong thing, but... I still would love to have a Rubicon and not yeah, have to. there's things my in my LG head that I'm always, you know, because you wheel with me. I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. That's going to break, you know. But um, <laughs> the backstory to that is, okay, so the Atlanta tuner scene, basically, I don't really know how it happened, but Rugged Ridge hired a buddy of mine named Paul Firestein who uh, started uh, Import Atlanta back in the day. He's a computer whiz. Like, he knows how to do all that stuff. So they hired him to build up the uh, the website. This was years and years ago. So they gave him kind of a lot of leash to do what he needed to do to get that done. He went and hired a lot of his car buddies that were, you know, knew about design and whatnot. One of them being our designer at the time, Cody Wellens, um, who was working two jobs. Uh, so all these guys, can and Alex, one of our current designers now that I think about it, um and i think even guy hey, worked guy. for them did guy work for them yeah so <laughs> both of our designers <laughs> basically yes there's been this marriage for a long time but the point is all these guys came from cars and or drifting went to work at this jeep place called rugged ridge just because their buddy <laughs> hired them and then all it takes is one ride you know like the guys that work there would be like hey you should come out saturday we're gonna go they go after 30 seconds, they're like, so how much is a Cherokee? Is that the cheap one? Like, can I start there? And they all got Cherokees and Jeeps and started playing. But um, I was him hawing around with buying a Jeep, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And I, I was basically not crapping and not getting off the pot, you know? And I was just <laughs> talking about a Jeep. And finally, Paul, because I was, I was doing the same thing. Man, I really need the Rubicon, me with the lockers on an axle, but I just can't afford it. And he was like, bro, go buy a Jeep already. And he was just like, it doesn't effing matter. Just go get a Jeep. You're going to have a freaking blast. If it breaks, you're going to fix it because that's what you do. You're going to upgrade it because that's what you do. You do aftermarket stuff. What are you worried about here? And literally, that was all I needed. That was the little push. And I was like, you're right, bro. And I went and I got a Jeep within the week and, and we were out wheeling it. And I don't regret it, but I went to 35s. I had it at a sweet spot. It was perfectly fine. It wasn't breaking itself. And then my neighbor had a Jeep on 37s. And I was like, damn it. My Jeep looked dope until it sits next to your Jeep. And now I'm on 37. So I did that whole thing where you had to build it twice and go back and, and undo stuff that you did because it wasn't big enough anymore. Went to 37. I had to re-gear it. Yeah. Tell them about the gear ratio. It's a pain. I, well, my Jeep no, because... For tuner people, what gear ratios do like Wrangler guys run with those brake tires? Well, like, this is weird for some people. Yeah, yeah. now it's 488s. It I run 48s of mine. What, what did it come Which with? Three twenty one or whatever. Three twenty sevens or three seven threes. Yeah, no, mine was the anemic. Yeah. Mine was three twenty seven. <laughs> so I put thirty fives on it and it went oh. And then I put thirty sevens <laughs> on it and I never saw fifth gear. So if you're again. a guy that goes to the drag strip, four tens is like, yeah, four eighty eights, five thirteens. Like I ran five thirteens in my JK. Like that just sounds. But yeah. it is. That's. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I went to. I'm still on the Dana 30 up front. It's got JCR trusses in the front. The dirty mirror. 30. Yeah, it's got all As that it's crap. Called. It's got the US alloys or Alloy USA or whatever it is, um, upgraded axle shafts and all of that. 
but it's still a Dana 30. And I was with Bubba and I broke the spider gears doing something <laughs> not even spectacular. And now that haunts my dreams every time I, you know what I mean? So like, and, and I've kind of convinced myself it's a fluke, but there are things that you're going to have to deal with if you don't get the Rubicon. And it sucks. But then again, you can chip away at the problem versus having to come out of pocket. Honestly, I wish, wants, yeah. I wish they would go and buy a, a YJ. Leaf sprung front and rear, drum brakes in the back, and a four-cylinder motor on, like, 32s. Like, that's how I started. Like, struggle and struggle and struggle. And then when you get that Rubicon on 37s, you're cakewalking, and everyone's like, how is he doing this? Like, yeah. try it on leaf springs and 33s. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. So that would the purest of me says I'd rather them do it that way. I don't I know. It's like answer, starting out with a cheap Honda, right, and then moving up to mm -hmm. supercharged Mustang or something, right? It's like night and day. Yeah, I think my answer to that whole, like, which one should I get is, yeah, get what you can afford, which you can safely afford, you know, buy the most that you can safely afford and then go from there. But the whole, the, the, the thing, you know, the moral of the story is get out there. Like, whatever it is, get out yeah, there, get out there yeah. start having fun because it's that whole saying a year ago, you'll wish you had started right now. Cause the yeah. second you get out there, you're gonna be like, why wasn't I doing this for the past <laughs> 10 years of my life? You know, this is amazing. So uh, a quick story, the Rubicon story, I'll make it as short as possible, but a lot of people don't know. Video one, right? I, maybe, I don't know. Probably, I'm not sure there's a lot of video. I don't know if I've done one myself. I think I might've done a podcast maybe talking about it, but anyway, so Chrysler was owned by, Mercedes for a short amount of time in the 90s and 2000s. It's basically when they stole all the good ideas Chrysler had and all their money and left them for bankrupt, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and so uh, in the 2000s, they the Jeep engineers came to the Mercedes engineers and said, you know, we're making this Wrangler. It's selling. We want to make one. And this is pre-four-door. We want to make one with a Dana 44 up front, a four-to-one transfer case. We want all this lockers front and rear and they're like nobody in the world will buy this you know like nobody and and it's not going to work it's not going to be as reliable as you think they said what is it going to take so somebody at mercedes said if you can take a stock one on the stock tires stock wheels stock transfer case everything and do the rubicon trail in california we'll build the jeep and that's what they did. They, they built oh, the Rubicon, took it out there, and did the whole trail, which is it's one of the hardest trails. It's the trail that sets the base in the United States for trail rating. So a Rubicon's a 10, right. and everything else gets based off of that. So they did it in a factory Rubicon. So, oh, wow. Me and Hunter took that's out a crazy. factory. Uh, <laughs> uh, we took out a, a press car, a bone stock two-door JL Rubicon to Flatlands. Which, if you know Flatlands, it ain't yeah. flat, dude. Like they, <laughs> like I was saying, Surprise. you're pulling up on those stock wheels yeah. and tires. It's flat on the sides because it's just <laughs> giant <laughs> walls of mud. Dude, somewhere there is a not-too-well-done YouTube video of that ride, and it was nuts. It was nuts. Like, I cannot believe we took, the, uh, took a press car there. But it did it. And it just, I don't, it was magic. It just somehow went beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and it went right up the thing. And Ryan yeah. Michael from Rugged Ridge was driving it. We were in my Jeep. And he was like, yeah, no problem, man. <laughs> like, are you freaking kidding me? But, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's totally amazing what these things will do. Sure. But I guess, how long are we? Are we? 
We're an hour and a half. Hour 20, hour 15, somewhere around there. It's also the most American-made vehicle currently in the United States. It's still made in Toledo, Ohio to this day. So if you, love your, if you love your country, if you're going to salute that thing behind Hunter right now, <laughs> you better drive a Jeep. I think the next most American is a Tacoma currently. I was going to say, man, I know the hundreds are San Antonio as hell. (laughs) But anyway, all right. So if you want to follow the journey and adventures of Jeep and Bubba, where can you do that? And this guy's got some some interesting videos from from trail rides in your Jeep to your wife's little little uh, Cherokee to fireside cocktails or whatever you campside call it. cocktails yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where Trigona he just yeah so uh jeep and bubba and at black bear off-road both are on facebook instagram my youtube channels jeep and bubba i'm on tiktok right now as jeep and bubba oh, LinkedIn. Okay. you can catch me on linkedin twitter uh, if they come out with a new platform, I'm probably on Tinder right now as Jeep and Bubba. Uh, and my wife's listening, but I'm just trying to get some Jeep sales. I'm just trying to sell more. <laughs> new album um, in July. <laughs> oh, I'm on SoundCloud. You can go. In, I have two songs recorded currently on SoundCloud. <laughs> um, I'm missing a few. Oh, po- the podcast is on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Apple, anywhere you listen to it. So you can. What's your next uh, mixtape coming out? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm about to blow the dust off the condenser mic and get in the closet and just throw okay. it out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the foam walls. <laughs> throw a mattress up and some uh, drink carriers from McDonald's so we can get the sound right and just yeah, the Jeep and Bubba mixtape's coming out November. We'll say November. You already hear. All righty then. Makes my you can also Tony probably. Yeah, you can probably also catch them on some of our videos because basically yeah. whenever we go out, we try and get you to go out so we don't get ourselves in too much crap. Well, the day um, that you got messed up in the snow, I wasn't there. And then, yeah. There you go. You noticed that, huh? problem. <laughs> he called me after and he's like, what would you have done? I said, I would have left the other people. Yeah. <laughs> the other people that couldn't make it to where you were? Yeah, I mean, hey, look. You go the other way. <laughs> Lessing, Keep lessing. going the way that your Jeep wants to go. <laughs> yeah, I'll, cl- I'll close with that story. So we get to the trailhead, and uh, we're, it's taken way too long because the weather turned to hell like that morning. So all what these kind dudes, of vehicles did you bring that day? Dude, it was a hodgepodge of crap. I mean, no, no offense, listeners. It was a lot of Subarus and stuff like that. And it was going to be. Wasn't there a Honda Accord or something? No. Oh, no, that was a Corolla. That was a different. <laughs> This this was um, a couple uh, of Cayennes. Uh, one of them's Bryson's, the blue one that you guys might know of. That's um, a nice vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a couple of stock ones, a couple of stock Cayennes or Touregs, a couple of Subarus, like Crosstrex or something. And it was supposed to be a nice little Charlie's Creek ride. Uh, no big deal. The weather over the week started going to hell. We knew like it was probably going to snow, but everybody was like, I'm in if you're in. And we were like, okay, well, we're still in, man. It's going to be cool. And so we start driving up to the mountains and the weather gets really bad and it delays everybody because roads are becoming impassable and people are trying to help people that are getting stuck and whatnot. So it gets really delayed. We finally get to the trailhead. We got that pent up energy, right? Which is a dangerous thing because we have been waiting too long. So we're like, all right, let's go. So me and my Jeep buddy Lee 
and Bryson. Okay, so it's it's me, and then it's Lee and a YJ, and then Bryson and his built-up Cayenne. Um, we start going, and and so we're going up, and we're going up, and I never even realized it was this steep before because it's never been an issue. There's not, there hadn't been a traction issue. So we're going up, and after about a mile, I would assume maybe a little bit less than that of just hammering, I let up. You know, it gets to a little flat spot. I let up, and then I hear Lee on the radio go, no, 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 and he's coming up. <laughs> you can't really stop, because if you stop, you're screwed. So we keep hammering all the way up this thing. We get up to the top of the mountain, and we're like, yeah. And then we're like, oh, crap, there's nobody else. And it's quiet for a minute. And then all of a sudden, we hear uh, uh, Bryson coming up in the blue cayenne just hammering and he makes it up and we're all doing our little powwow dance or whatever up there and we're proud of ourselves and then we're like shoot there's nobody else <laughs> like they're not coming that's where the experience of jeep and bubba comes in where he was saying i would have kept going reached them via you know radio whenever you could or whatever and let them know what we did was say we should go back for our homies. And that's that's when it got bad, man, because going down was just Im impassable. And, and we got stuck. We got frozen. We, like, no pun intended, but, like, I froze in a spot where it's like, you know, I was in a little flat spot, and it's like, I can't go back up. I can't even turn around. I can't even. And if I go down, I'm going to lose control of where I go. It's just all up to God at that point, you yeah. know, and, and gravity. And so, yeah, a lesson learned. I mean, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing that only experience can teach you, man. And the more you're out there, the more you're going to learn. And nobody starts being good. It's, it's just like track stuff. You're not going to go out there and be a Bubba or a Daryl from JCR or whatever. It takes a lot of practice. It takes Daryl's the real goat. Like, yeah. Honestly. Well, you got to learn how to read trails, dude. And I'm out there on mountain bikes all the time. Like I'm on trails, but yeah. like it's it's different. You really got to learn how jeeps are going to react to stuff, and and you got to kind of think like four steps, you know, ahead of where you're yeah. at. Yeah. You know? Um. Anyway, that just goes to reinforce reinforce the point of you know go with some people that have been out before. You know, go with some people that are level headed enough to not try and and show off too much on, you know, your first outing and that, and, and you'll have a good time. I mean, that's what it's all about is getting back home and sharing the stories. So. Yeah. I am weirdly getting to the point now where I'm, I'm thinking about doing some solo runs now. I think you get like, Ooh. yeah, I think Ooh. I'm there. Yeah, I think dangerous. I'm like a rock climber. It's like, I'm going to do it without ropes, man. Well, I'm not that, not like that, but like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, there is a guy on YouTube. Uh, it's called Venture Forward. He lives full time in his Jeep and wheels every day. Like full time, lives in a rooftop tent. Like doesn't have a house. And and during this pandemic, he's like at a Walmart full time. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, he solos all the time. I and, think it and, teaches you a lot about how to just handle life. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Well, like, you make yeah. the decision like is if if it's eight people in a group, you'll go. Yeah, we can handle this line. There's eight of us. If you're by yourself, you're like, we're turning around. Let's just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's where I might be at. I like the group stuff, and then I might be doing some solo camping and thrown in there, too. You know? Well, I will watch that from your YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe just me and you will go, will it? Right. <laughs> you, have, you know, I challenge you. I've yet... You've not wanted to join in on the camping side of the off-roading yet. Too much of a pain in the ass. I don't want to... <laughs> Do you know how much this dude hates bugs? 
Oh, he freaks <laughs> out, man. Like, by, the time, the lake one time. by the time you've had your third or fourth IPA, the bugs don't matter. Like <laughs> That's just, probably true. Remember that time at Grid Life, Mike? Yeah. Where we camped at Grid Life and we were just like, yeah. screw it. I don't know how I did this because I set up that little Inu hammock <laughs> 20 sheets to the wind like I was Bear grills, dude. I was literally like, woo, woo. In <laughs> and I was just out like a light. I was a professional. I'm a I'm an awesome camper. And I you slept in me. my truck right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, I was gonna say he called me two weekends ago to to bail on wheeling, and I'm like, hey. He's like, yeah, I'm not gonna make it. I was like, that's perfectly fine. He's like, where are you? I was like, I slept in my jeep last night. <laughs> I'm like on the trail, windows down, back hatch open. <laughs> yeah, he was like, it got a little out of hand last night. And for so Papa to be hung over is is amazing. That's in itself. That's like tranquilizing a bear. Yeah. Some Tacoma guys pulled in and I had to show my male dominance on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't they call you a legend or something? You were like I asked you my parents were because he wanted to thank the guy that made a legend. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I woke up. I had no recollection of much of anything that went the night before. He's I like, actually, these guys came out of the woods and was like, you are a freaking legend, man. One of the guys is dropping his Tacoma off tomorrow at my shop. So, oh, is he? I don't know what happened, but I was I'll always be selling. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what. Hustler <laughs> sober and Hell yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm yeah, glad. man. Yeah, you're I mean, welcome. There's a, there's a tuner heart in here somewhere. I'd like to get back to tuners eventually. You should get yourself a little tuner toy. Yeah. I mean, I always think you got to have both, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. If I'm going to get another side project, it's going to be a Jeep. It's got to be a Comanche. Like, that's itching so bad to get into the the Jeep Cherokee MJ. The, yeah. The super rare Jeep truck that I made three years. I got to have one. Yeah. I think uh, you need to get a little turbocharged four banger. It it just makes the Jeeps better, and the Jeeps make the. I have always wanted a hard body, like I'm kind of a mini truck tutor guy too. A hard body. Put an SR in it. I don't know, maybe K. Whatever. Um. All right. Well, whatever. Okay. We've been talking too long. Um. Bye. <laughs> we make a magazine too. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, guys. <laughs> I was going to let Willie take the reins on ending this, but he obviously has no clue how to <laughs> do it. I just handled it. <laughs> <laughs> www.s3mag.com. New issue is coming out at some point, I promise. It's it's coming. We've seen the proofs. It's awesome. You're going to love it. 20 bucks, two years. Don't miss it. Bubba, you've, we've already shouted you out a bunch of times. You know where to find him now, so go check him out. Anyways, TikTok. guys. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.